Hello, and welcome to This is the Greatest Song I've Ever Heard in My Entire Life. I'm Scott Interante, and today we are joined by singer-songwriter Alex Anwanter. Alex, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. So you have a new album that's coming out on May 26, El Diablo and El Cuerpo. I apologize for not being able to speak Spanish, but... Um, <laughs> that's fine. You know, obviously this is a show about uh, the music we love and why we love it, and, and I'm excited to sort of get into your background of, of your musical taste, but uh, maybe we could just start by talking about the new record and uh, you can tell people a little bit about it. So this is my fourth album. As you mentioned, it's in Spanish. It's a pretty like dance Mm -hmm. album, like dance music. It's a bit of a compendium of disco and house influenced tracks, but it also kind of mixes up some influences of a bit more particular of my own. My dad is from Brazil, so there's a lot of Brazilian music in what I do and like some weirder influences, I guess, like, I don't know, Burt Bacharach, yeah. <laughs> like my favorite composer. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like you said, it's really dance focused in comparison to some of your other albums, but it's a really nice mix of different dance styles that I found really interesting all the way through. So, yeah, uh, that's mostly like, I'd say two thirds of it. And then the other third is the other mix of musical mm-hmm. styles, mostly Brazilian music meets classical music meets that rock or something. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's hear a little of Precipicio from the upcoming album El Diablo and El Cuerpo, The Devil in the Body. So I'm curious, you know, growing up in Chile, I know you said your your dad is from Brazil. What kind of things were you listening to at an early age that made you really fall in love with music? Uh, that's a great question. I think more than like a specific band or something. I remember my dad, he was an almost professional musician, like studied classical guitar and orchestral direction, but uh, ended up doing something else. But when I was a kid, I grew up listening to him practice uh, guitar, like classical guitar, pretty much every night when I fell asleep. Mm-hmm. And that kind of, I don't know, infused something into my brain. It wired it somehow. It all became like so very natural to me after that, or like growing up that way. I started playing the violin when I was six. And I don't recall ever getting nervous performing Mm. in front of people because it was something like so natural to me, music and performing and all of that. So I think that's maybe even a bigger influence than a specific type of music or a specific band. It was having that experience with my dad at home. Yeah, absolutely. As you were getting older and sort of creating your own taste or discovering your own taste, were there specific artists that you really um, gravitated towards? Uh, yeah, for sure. I had one foot in like more dense stuff. I really liked a lot of classical music mm-hmm. back then, more like romantic composers, which is odd <laughs> for a kid, you know, eight <laughs> years old or something. But also then like super poppy stuff, Ace of Bass or something. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> something like that. Or rock set. Yeah, like music that's focused in pleasure as pop music often does. Yeah. Maybe the first band of a little more substance that I like, and it's the substance is debatable. It was uh, Queen. 
I guess. Yeah. Was a huge eight-year-old queen fan. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> well, no, I think that, you know, you sort of joked about it being maybe odd gravitating towards romantic classical composers, but I think it makes sense because similar to Queen, you know, it's like so over the top, the emotions are so big and, and so yeah. legible. I think it is very appealing to, you know, a younger sensibility as well. You're absolutely right. It's, it's very like exuberant music, mm. very, yeah, over the top. It has a lot of intense things. It can be like very joyous, very loud. Queen was very famously bombastic, yeah. you know? And I, I was really into that. But also like, I don't know, I could first appreciate what you could call a groove with another one bites the dust yeah, or absolutely, something. Yeah. There were a lot of composers in Queen, like, well, all of them actually. Yeah. So you get like a kind of a variety of musical stylings. And it's kind of like wh what I ended up doing, I guess, summing up diverse influences into my own like concoction. Well, that was actually what I was going to ask next is, you know, when you started writing songs yourself, were you trying to emulate something specifically or a lot of things specifically? Or, you know, did you find that there was just something in you that uh, needed to come out? I would say a little bit of both. I always had like, an inclination to say something or try to express something. I could feel that from a very early age. For, and for a lot of years, it was only interpretation as I used to play the violin and the classical repertoire. Then I started playing guitar and piano and trying to learn other people's songs, which is a great way to learn how to write songs, obviously. And then at a certain point, I was older though, like 17, 18. I think I took the jump into trying to write an actual song. It went horribly. <laughs> I don't think I showed it to anyone. Thank God <laughs> for the for the human race. Uh, it was so bad. But it had some good ideas. I think I quickly understood that songwriting was like any other craft, something that you're supposed to work on over and over and eventually i got up to a decent level i think yeah you know obviously now you're much further into your career you're you're releasing this new album do you have like a different relationship with music that you're listening to just as a fan are you able to still be a fan of things and, and listen to new music and mm, sometimes i guess this is a bit connected on why i chose the song i chose for today mm -hmm. and it's because i rarely have that experience anymore but sometimes I do. Sometimes a song like sweeps me away, like just another, you know, mortal non-musician. <laughs> and yeah. uh, it's a very special experience. But it has to be something like really special now. Otherwise, I'll be like analyzing right. either, either the songwriting or even more technical stuff, production, mixing, whatnot. Yeah. Do you find, is there some sort of connecting tissue when you hear a song that is able to sweep you away is there something that you look for you know musically or lyrically or is there some sort of common thing or is it every song has its own sort of special something hmm, that's a great question i don't know i don't think i look for specific elements i think i do tend to gravitate towards like the song format of mm -hmm. songwriting like three and a half minutes how can I say this? Like the rules kind of make the competition fair. So you can evaluate all right, songs right, right. on whether they fulfill those rules or achieve their goals or something. 
I'd listen to something like 10 minute electronic dance music track with no vocals or anything, but I, my absolute favorite thing in music is the song. The song. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, do you sort of think about that when you are writing a, a song or producing an album? Are you sort of trying to approach it as much as you can, like a fan would and, you know, try to please the fan and yourself? Uh, no, I think I personally believe that as an artist, the most important thing first and foremost is to be authentic and to be honest with whatever your artistic impulse or instinct is. Otherwise you're just like responding to external stimuli or whatever. And I think it's really important to find something new and kind of whatever you create come from that. So no, I, I leave the analyzing and the rewriting and reworking for later in the process. Yeah. I'm curious to, you know, one thing we talk about a lot on the show is the way that our taste in music is sort of a, a reflection of or expression of our identity in other ways. I wonder if that resonates with you, you know, especially thinking about this new album and the sort of many different dance styles and, and your other albums too, indulging in a lot of different styles of music. Do you find that you're doing that as a way to, you know, sort of express part of your identity? Yeah, for sure. It's a mix of expressing and searching. I think oh, yeah. searching for something new that I don't know within myself, trying to to make new music or make a new album. Uh, I also think it's important as an artist to, you know, not hit the same key every single time you make something. I mean, the Ramones are cool or whatever, <laughs> you know, <laughs> or whatever. They're, yeah. they're great. They're kind of like the exception that makes the rule or something. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love the rounds, but <laughs> I'm from the like David Bowie school of art, I guess, in the sense that I, I think it's very important, especially like emotionally as a person, just to not go hammer the same nail every time you, you go to work, you know? Yeah. So Alex, I'm so excited to talk about this song. So please tell us, what is the song that makes you scream, this is the greatest song I've ever heard <laughs> in my entire life? The song is Dancing Queen by ABBA. Such a great pick from their <laughs> their album Arrival. Do you have any sort of memory of hearing this for the first time? This is one that's maybe just always been there. It's always been there, hasn't it? I mean, yeah. at least for people of a certain age. <laughs> yeah. Is there a reason why, you know, out of all the ABBA songs, you know, does this stand out for a particular reason for you? Yeah, I mean, above all, I think what I love about this song is that it elicits an emotional response in pretty much everyone. It's just like, it's pure elation and pure joy. I imagine like everyone, you guys or people listening to this have been in a party or a wedding and this song comes on and it's like, yeah. it's magic. I think it's one of those songs. And it, this is also why I chose this song. If you start to analyze the song, it's yeah. so beautifully constructed and recorded and performed like to me it's really superior songwriting and production craftsmanship Absolutely, it's like yeah the only thing i don't like about the song like if i really think about it are the lyrics they're a bit silly i yeah. don't think anyone goes to abba for the lyrics right <laughs> but they work <laughs> they work yeah because it would be weird if they had like a, some leonard cohen 
lyrics on top of that you know exactly yeah it's what i think is so great about so many of their songs is like you're saying it's the sort of ball of joy this energy of something that's so accessible and i think the lyrics are part of that where it's you know this very simple story barely even a story Um, but lurking uh, underneath that is these you know kind of complex you know secondary dominant chords and this this movement and one thing you know earlier you were talking about like the structure of a pop song yeah. And one thing that always stands out to me about Dancing Queen is it starts not even just starts with the chorus, it starts with the second half of the chorus. Yeah, you know? it's like the second half of the chorus. It's a short intro and then that choice, it's just yeah. like I was thinking about that a while ago, and it's it goes to show how they were thinking like what's the most pleasurable part mm-hmm. of the song we can get right into. And it's yeah. the second half of the chorus. It's Absolutely. just like Whenever I'm a bit tipsy or let's just say drunk, <laughs> I have the tendency to sing an arrangement of this song to people that are have the misfortune of being next to me. <laughs> and it's the, um, this is something very technical and specific, but so beautiful. It's the way the orchestra, the violins do a unison with a melody and then separate in counterpoint and keep going up where the voice goes down. the most gorgeous pop moment in history for me absolutely yeah the arrangement is so great and just the production the sort of simple disco drums and the their vocals of course yeah everything is uh the drums are simple but uh if you notice the bass playing is like amazing that guy was he died recently but he's he's one of my favorite bass players it's really really virtuoso kind of up there with uh, Bernard Edwards type of yeah. you know melodic yet groovy type of playing really really something I'm evidently a music nerd and sometimes I listen to like ABBA songs only paying attention to the bass and yeah. it's really an experience Th- that song and uh, knowing me knowing you have amazing bass playing yeah you know it's so interesting that I I've never seen them talk about this song as a specific reference for Dancing Queen, but to me, there's so much similarity with I Want You Back by the Jackson 5, particularly how intricate the bass is. But then also, both songs start with this downward piano glissando, which is a kind of yeah. odd thing that normally you would like end a song with, but both of them open the song with it. <laughs> And also there's that bass playing in Motown, James Jamerson. Yeah. And um, in ABBA, this Swedish guy, I forget his name, but it's something very, very Swedish sounding like Rutger Gunnarsson or something. I don't know. <laughs> but he's magic. Everyone should listen to that guy. Yeah. I mean, that's what I meant uh, when I was saying, like, if you start analyzing this song, that it's pure pleasure, you actually discover different elements that are truly make it to something special, you know, like a groove, very sophisticated composition and songwriting arrangement that has like Baroque counterpoint, super groovy bass playing. It's like, it's a special mix, you know? Yeah, absolutely. The production is something that I also think it's very noteworthy just because the way they were thinking is still living in pop music to this day. Like if you listen to Dancing Queen, it has a hook every, you know, 
five seconds. It's <laughs> yeah, it's incredible. Like the way a synth line answers or the ba-bam, 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 the, the pianos that are three grand pianos actually playing at once. If you listen to like contemporary you know, Max Martin productions, they have Absolutely, the logic yeah. of entertaining like relentlessly. You will never listen to five seconds of a song without having some sort of fun musical like wink going on. Uh, that's on ABBA, in my opinion. Yeah, that's that's the Swedish thing. I don't know what they're doing. It is over a Swedish there, thing. But... <laughs> yeah, they have nothing to do except think of this stuff. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, well, Alex, thank you so much for coming and, and talking about this song and so many other things. Uh, if people want to find you online and, and keep up with what you're doing, where should they go? Well, they have to figure out how to spell my name, my <laughs> last name first. <laughs> It's Alex Anwanter, that's A-N-W-A-N-D-T-E-R. If you get to the W, Google will suggest it the will, rest. It will come up, yeah. Or Instagram yeah, yeah. as well. And it's just my name and my last name. Nice. And then the new album comes out uh, very soon, May 26th. Yeah, May 26th. So if you add me on Instagram or follow me on Twitter or whatever, I'll be talking about that for the next few days uh, and obviously when the when the album comes out great thank you so much and uh, we'll talk to you soon thank you so much thank you for listening to another episode of this is the greatest song I've ever heard in my entire life if you like what you heard and look I really hope that you did think about subscribing to us maybe leaving a rating and review to help other people find the show or Tell them directly yourself, you know, find a friend, a lover, even an enemy, or just someone who pats on the street. Tell them about the show. Uh, you could also follow us on social media at Great Song Pod. That's GR number eight song pod on Instagram, on TikTok, on Twitter. I want to give a special shout out to Catherine and Izzy who helped me co-produce the show, to Skylar Spence whose song Kratos and Love is our theme music, and of course to you, the listener, for listening. Look forward to talking to you next time.